Pray, go, give, welcome. Everybody can do one thing. But first, we've got to take the attitude that it's not about me. It's not about me. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I shared an outline of the sermon and how I was going to approach this on Tuesday with the worship team, I was going to start out with some guilt. I had a couple of really good stories. I mean, I thought this will get them. I think it was Rachel said, no. (laughs) So I I really felt convicted by that. And so, well, I thought, how do I approach this? It's not about me. So all of the commercials that I typically DVR through, fast forward, I started watching them. I started listening to the radio. I started actually paying attention to those pop-up ads on the internet. Do you see those? They're all, the message is consistent. It's all about me. I mean, every, every one of them, they're telling me, John, it's all about you. We have the life, the job, the car, the clothes, just where you need to go to relax. We have it all. We're here for you. Because life is getting what you want. You know, it's a struggle. I'm going to tell you, by Thursday, I wanted a house, a new car. I was convinced I needed a new cell phone provider and new car insurance. I mean, just watch them. I mean, I am so critically deficient. It's about me. God was setting me up. God do that to you? Kind of set you up? Thursday, several of our staff started on a a 20-hour journey with Paul Riker on looking at our abilities and our gifts and our call. 20 hours. Thursday through Saturday. Uh, We examined our gifts, our abilities, our experiences, our passions, our beliefs, our values, our call. And universally, we discovered that there was a thread woven of God's presence throughout our life. The ups and downs, the give, the take, shaping, molding, preparing, blessing. Now, I want to tell you, I knew we were different, but we are really different. I'm surprised we even get along. I mean, we're really different different gifts, but different personalities. I'm not going to give you any details, but we really are different. You know what united us? Our brokenness. As we unpacked our lives together, it was our broken dreams, our failures our disappointments that drew us together. How can God use this broken vessel? Have you asked that question? How can God use this broken vessel? But God can. 
each one of us shared how God had used the fractures, if as much, if not more, than the abilities we brought to the table. And in that we discovered, it's not about me. It's about what God is doing. And that's what I want to talk about today. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Our strength, our redeemer. Amen. We're going to look at Titus chapter 3. And I want to give you this phrase, saved for a purpose. Saved for a purpose. The letter of Titus is written by Paul to Titus. He's working with the church in, in Crete. Now, um, I, I, I encourage you to read the entire letter. It's only a couple of pages long. <clears throat> but be prepared. Paul is not politically correct. It's a pretty scathing letter. You see, the problem was that they were failing to connect the grace of God with their actions. The grace of God with their actions. Let's put that scripture up on the board. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness. That's what they were celebrating. Not because of any works of righteousness. God has saved us not by anything that we have done. Saved by grace. Saved by grace. The loving atonement of Jesus' substitution for us. But God, but uh, Paul is telling uh, Titus something else. He's setting him up. He talks about the salvation of Jesus Christ, the wonder of God's grace. He's setting him up for this phrase, so that. In, the, in this verse... <clears throat> He says, the spirit he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that. That's verse 7. So that. In other words, we're saved for a purpose. God takes our brokenness and redeems it so that. God takes our, <laughs> our mistakes, our failures, our broken dreams and saves us from our sins so that. Next verse, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Isn't that cool? We will receive the reward of eternal life. But Paul doesn't stop there. And neither should we, neither should we, and twice you, Paul emphasizes this so that, verse 7 and verse 8. The word is henna. Henna. So that. So that those who have, become, have come to believe in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable to everyone. We are saved for a purpose. Pray. Go, give, welcome.
We're saved for service. I truly believe that. All of us have a service. All of us have gifts. All of us have abilities. But by the Holy Spirit, God uses those. But where are we to serve? Where are we to serve? We find our calling in assessing our gifts, in looking at our abilities, considering our passions and our personality. God doesn't send us places or call us to things that we don't have a passion. That's part of the discernment process of what God is putting in our heart with gi- and giving us passion, a longing, a fire. Experiences, and especially our brokenness. Broken to be a blessing. And then here's the key part. Be available and listen. Be available and listen. And when God whispers, we've got to be, you know, and, and all of us do this. I know I'm, we move the flow of life. The, the messages, the advertisements, it's about me. I like this. This feels good. And then God comes along and says, no, John, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about what I'm doing. Service with a purpose. Our lives are best when we have a purpose. And we're called to make a difference in people's lives for Jesus. We're called to reach the lost. We are called to provide growth opportunities for, uh, for those who are growing in their faith. We are called to be a community of believers. And each of us have a place in that. And I, wa- I want you to remember this. Let it, let it be on your brain Branded, everything we do is for the purpose of Christ. Four words, pray, go, give, welcome. When people walk in our door and we welcome them, what do they know? What are they hearing? When people walk down our hallways, what, are they, what does our building say? about what we believe about Jesus and our passion. When uh, uh, in our meetings, when we gather together as leaders and as careful considerers of what God is, is calling us to do and what God has placed before us, can others see God there? For we are about the lost. Now, next week, Lauren's going to talk about the different kinds of lost. And I just want to mention a couple, three types of lost. There's those who have heard the gospel and are yet to receive Christ. Those who have misinformation and misunderstanding about the gospel and have not received Christ. And those who have never heard the gospel. Really what we're doing today with our faith promise is about that last group. The millions and millions and millions of people. It's not about misunderstanding. It's not about hearing. They've never heard. They have never heard. Pray. Go. Give. Welcome. 
you know, God does not call everyone to a, another culture. There's all different kinds of service, but God does call us to something. Saved for a purpose, because it's not about me. And here's the deal. We never know how God is going to use us until we respond. And it may be big or small. It may seem insignificant. It may be for now or for later. But when it's not about me, it doesn't matter. It's about God and what God is doing. I I know you've heard this story. It's a part of the Part of the, the legend of this church. 1981. A couple of people had this dream of English as a second language. And began to gather those of, of different cultures and different languages to help them speak English. And it grew and lives were touched and lives were changed. It was a small put, footprint. Out of that passion. Never really seeing it more than what it was. And then, in fact, at the same time, God was working in another place. Reverend Chin, our Cambodian pastor, grew up in Cambodia. You know the story. He was a part of the killing fields, experienced the the torture and the abuse and the horrors of the communist takeover. By the grace of God... He escaped as a refugee to the United States and swore never to go back. Here he met his wife, Imra. Um, Imra was a Christian. She led Chiv to Christ. Christ, uh, Chiv, uh, answered the call to preach. You, You know this story. He came here, began to work with with those different languages, particularly Cambodian. And then something really interesting happened. Jeff Dietz was leading a group to, camp, to uh, Guatemala. Maybe you remember this if you don't. It's a great story. To Guatemala. Well, the trip got canceled, and so Jeff thought, well, let's go to Cambodia. Chiv is Cambodian. Let's go to Cambodia. Did not know anything about Chiv's background. Says it to Chiv. Chiv says, Oh, no, 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 no. And then Jeff does some research and finds out, oh, my goodness, what have I done? Inviting this man back to a place of horror. And so he goes to Chiv and he says, listen, listen, we'll figure something else out. And here's what Chiv said. Nope. God is calling me back to my country. 2008, over 25 years after that first group gathered down on Pearl Street. See how God works? Since 2008, and you're going to see a video here in a second, since 2008, 1,500 people have come to Christ and been baptized. Eight churches have been formed in Cambodia. It is an explosion of the gospel. And we can, you know, give congratulations to Chiv, and we should. But it began in 1981. Now, in fact, uh, let's hear from Imra. 
When I met it, we always say together, we don't want to go Cambodian. They go missing, go somewhere, no Cambodian, just say that. But God answered us, go to, back to Cambodian. Because I told God I'm not speaking English. <laughs> and then you have to speak your own language, go to Cambodian. That's why right, that I, I think in my mind, oh, God is so good to me. God called me to do his work. God knows I speak my own language. They send me to Cambodian. Then God answered me more than I, I thought. So amazing that I believe in Jesus Christ, you know. All everything that we never thought, but God made all happen. That was made a couple of years ago. There's been more people. <laughs> Every time we go over there, in fact, right now, probably this morning, there are those giving their life to Christ. Shiva's home sick this morning. Um, so now you can text him and blow up his phone. Here's the deal. God can use the smallest act. A whisper, a nudge. We don't sometimes know what God is doing. Our job is to be available and respond. Because it's not about me. No. A couple of weeks ago, I got my, my hair cut. But my daughter cuts my hair. She's a stylist. And um, <clears throat> I always try to pay her. You know, I'm, I'm her dad, for goodness sakes. I always try to pay her. She's married to a lawyer, for goodness sakes. You know, <laughs> I mean, and, and she makes a ton of money cutting hair down in, in uh, uptown Dallas. Anyway, I, and she always says, no, daddy, you can't pay me. Well, this time I really pushed her. I said, no, please let me pay. Please let me pay. Please let me pay. And she said to me this. She said, listen, Dad, for all that you have done for me through the years, for all that you have been for me, for all that you have given to me, I have a lot of catching up to do. When I think about what God has done for me, for you, for us, we have a lot of catching up to do. Let's pray. I love you, Lord, for your mercy has never failed me. All my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake until when I lay my head down. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. You have made, led me through the fire. And in the darkest night, you are close like no wonder. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Everything. Amen. We now come to our time of commitment.
It's our tradition here at First Methodist Church to make an extra commitment to the mission work of our church. We call it Faith Promise. There are cards in your bulletin. We've been uh, making them available over the last couple of weeks. We invite you to come and put your faith commitment cards in the baskets. If you'll notice, there's little bit piggy banks in there. The kids have already made their offering, and some of them will be bringing theirs down as we come forward. Let a little child lead them. You may kneel at the altar, go back to your seat, sing with us as we commit ourselves.